Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Gil Martin. I am an Islanders historian, columnist, and the author of the book Ice Wars, the complete story of New York's greatest modern sports rivalry, which talks about the history, the complete history, of the Islanders-Rangers rivalry. And uh, we've got a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to preview the Islanders' upcoming game tonight at the Barclays Center against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things the Islanders have accomplished during their present 10-game winning streak. And of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more to talk about. So, good times right now for fans of the New York Islanders. And why not? When you're winning 10 games in a row, the second longest winning streak in franchise history, it's pretty impressive. And the thing about it is that the Islanders are doing it in some interesting ways. And, you know, you win 10 games in a row. First of all, here here's the... Uh, Here's the situation. In these 10 games, the Islanders have scored 34 goals and 15 different players have scored at least once, seven different players have scored at least twice, and then these four players, Matthew Barzal, Derek Broussard, Josh Bailey, and Anders Lee, have each gotten four or more goals during the streak, and here's a crazy one. Nine different Islanders during this 10-game winning streak have been credited with a game-winning goal. So that is already one of the keys to the team's success. When you've got contributions up and down your lineup, it makes it very difficult for the opposition to shut you down. If you know they want to shut down the top line and the top line for example last uh, two nights ago rather against Ottawa was not all that productive on the scoreboard the third line stepped up so you had Sizikis and Clutterbuck looking very very strong and and they carried the offense with a couple of goals um sometimes it's Brassard uh and Nelson who are getting the job done sometimes it has been the top line uh who have done a lot of the damage so Spreading it out makes it much, much tougher for the opposition to defend you, and that is one of the things that the Islanders are doing. Here's another uh, unusual statistic from this 10-game winning streak. In more than half of the games, in six out of the 10 games, the Islanders have given up the first goal. Now, generally speaking, in hockey where, you know, three or four goals is going to win a game, you fall behind one nothing. That's not a good way to get things started. Uh, you know, the odds of you winning a hockey game if you give up the first goal are significantly less than 50%. And yet, the Islanders, who are not scoring a lot of goals, per se, I mean, again, 34 goals in 10 games, it's a little less than three and a half goals a game during the winning streak. Uh, and yet, you know, they've fallen behind six out of the first 10 games but they don't stay behind. And here's the thing. Out of the 10 games, the Islanders have spent 95 minutes trailing. That is the lowest number in the NHL over the last 10 games. And the next nearest team is the Boston Bruins, who have been trailing for 120 minutes. So that's 25 minutes more. 
uh, over their last 10 games. So the Islanders fall behind early, but they don't stay behind. And it's almost like they fall behind one to nothing and all of a sudden it energizes the team. It makes them more uh, alert, more aware, uh, makes them play better hockey. And I I think part of that does stem from coaching. And Barry Trotz does not let his team panic. He does not let his team deviate. You know, they fall behind one nothing. And this is a defense-first system. This is a defensive-oriented team. You fall behind one nothing. They don't change things. They don't panic. They don't uh, get out of their game plan. And I think that is an important and comforting thing for the players. They know that they will have the ability if they keep on playing the way that Coach Trotz wants them to play. They know they have a good chance of getting back into the hockey game, and you see very quickly that they have done that time and time again over this. 10-game winning streak. The other thing, and and it's kind of uh, interesting, special teams. The penalty kill. They've been shorthanded during the win streak 30 times, and they have allowed exactly one goal. Now, you allow one power play goal, and they've scored one shorthanded goal. So, literally, when they're shorthanded over the last 10 games, the Islanders are dead even. When you get that kind of production from your penalty kill, that really means, first of all, it means your goaltender is playing very well when your team is shorthanded. And it also means that your penalty kill is a strength of your team. And not only does that serve to give your players momentum and your team momentum, it frustrates the opponent. It makes them press more and that gets them off of their game and, and that is always a big advantage for the Islanders under those circumstances. So, you know, having excellent penalty kill, 29 out of 30, one goal allowed and one shorthanded goal scored, um, you know, that's important and that's going to get the job done. Meanwhile, out of the Islanders' 34 goals that they've scored during the, uh, during the 10-game winning streak, only three of them have been on the power play. The Islanders do not draw a whole lot of penalties. In 10 games during this winning streak, the Islanders have had exactly 15 power plays. That's one and a half power plays per game. Not the typical thing you see from a team that is ahead. Because again, when the opposition is behind and they press it gets tougher. They 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 try too hard to do things, and usually they commit penalties. We saw that on uh, the other day against Ottawa. We saw that on Tuesday night. Ottawa was backed up in their own zone. The Islanders had an aggressive forecheck, and that caused penalties. Uh, but it only happened 15 times total over the first you know over the last 10 games during the winning streak, and that's unusual. Usually, when you're 10 and 0. You're not only are you generating, uh, you know, scoring power play goals, but you're generating power play chances. The Islanders have struggled to do that, and yet they are still winning and getting the job done, and that is a good sign. And of course, the other factor: both goaltenders, Tomas Grice, Simeon Var- Varlamov, have played exceptionally well during the course of this 10-game winning streak. You add all of that up, and it it 
puts the Islanders in a very good place. And here's the thing. The old expression is you're never as bad as you are during a losing streak and never as good as you are during a winning streak. And, and there is a lot of truth to that. But here's the thing. Maybe they're not as good as 10 wins out of 10 games, but this is a very good hockey team. And I think the lack of respect that they've gotten from the media up until very recently and from the opposition is something that feeds this team and, and, and gives them a mission and helps them bond together. Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. We've got a lot more to get to here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will have this Dayton Islanders history, and we will preview the upcoming game tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Barclays Center. Lots more to get to on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we can talk a little bit about some injury updates right now. Uh, Yesterday, Coach Barry Trotz let it be known that Nick Letty will again be out of the lineup. That's the third game that Letty is going to miss. And yes, Noah Dobson will play his third straight game in Letty's place. And Dobson has done a good job. Uh, He's gotten time on the power play. He has produced offensively and he has not looked overwhelmed on defense. So Noah Dobson going to play three straight games. This will be the first time in his young NHL career that he gets that assignment. And as I've said before, this can only help him integrate into the team, gain more confidence, and and learn more about the NHL game. Uh, Leo Komarov and Matt Martin, uh, who are both still out, they skated on their own along with Letty before Islanders practice on Wednesday. Uh, right now, they are working toward getting back, but they're not quite there yet. Meanwhile, Andrew Ladd uh, completed his three-game conditioning stint with Bridgeport uh, yesterday as the Sound Tigers beat Springfield one to nothing uh, at that 10.30 a.m. game on Wednesday. Lad, three games with Bridgeport, did not register a point, but uh, interestingly enough, the Sound Tigers, who have struggled all year, went two and one during the three games that Lad played. Trotz indicated that the plan was to get him to the point where he can start playing, and now they're going to see where he is and figure things out from there. Uh, it's possible the Islanders will ask for an extension to his conditioning stint. Uh, uh, whether or not they do will depend on, I guess they're going to examine him, uh, speak to the team doctor, see how uh, he's feeling, and then figure out what to do with Andrew Ladd. Either way, Ladd getting closer and then, you know, the question becomes, where do you put Ladd in the Islanders lineup? It's going to be very interesting to, to see how they integrate him back in, but uh, I, I think it's something that they will be able to do, and Ladd should give them uh, a chance to integrate new players into the lineup and, and boost their offensive ability. Now it's time for this date in Islanders history. Of course, November 7th, we're going to go all the way back in time to November 7th, 1987. Islanders and the Detroit Red Wings at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The Islanders got off to a 3-0 lead. 
Two goals in the second period, one by Brad Lauer, the other by Richard Crom, had the Islanders ahead. Then Randy Wood scored a minute and eight seconds into the third period to give the Islanders a 3 to nothing lead. And then all of a sudden, the bottom drops out. Detroit starts to come back. Goals by Peter Klima uh, at 4.45 made it a 3-1 to game. And then two goals in less than a minute. First, Brent Ashton scores with a minute and a half left in the third period. And then Steve Iserman ends up tying it with just 32 seconds left in the third period. And the game heads to overtime. And there, Richard Crom ends it a minute and 46 into overtime. His second goal of the game and the game winner, two assists for Pat LaFontaine in this one. Uh, and... In the end, the goalie they beat was Glenn Hanlon. So LaFontaine with a pair of helpers in this one. Brad Lauer, a goal and an assist. Billy Smith started the game, but was replaced midway through the contest by Kelly Rudy. Rudy makes 20 saves, gives up all three goals, but ends up getting the win in this contest. All of that happening on this date in Islanders history back in 1987 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter. We are at at LockedOnIsles. And you can contact the show with questions or comments at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, I'll be happy to read Uh, some good questions on the air and talk about any subject that happens to be on your mind. So again, uh, the email is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com while the Twitter handle at LockedOnIsles and uh, we'll talk about what each show is going to be and during games I'll have some comments and analysis going on as well and we'll try to update you whenever the Islanders have, uh, you know, Uh, send a player up or down from Bridgeport, whether there's an injury, whether a player misses practice. So we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and information right there. Tonight at the Barclays Center, the Islanders will be hosting division rival the Pittsburgh Penguins. And this is the first time these two teams are meeting since the Islanders eliminated the Penguins in the first round of the playoffs a year ago. A series sweep by the Islanders So one thing you got to consider is that the Pittsburgh Penguins will have revenge on their minds. They're going to want to come out and uh, and show that they are a better team than the one that got swept just uh, you know last spring. And it was certainly a disappointing and painful way for the Penguins to end their season. So they're going to have a certain amount of revenge on their minds. There's no question about that, and the Islanders have to be prepared for that. And look, let's face it, the rivalry between the Islanders and the Penguins has been an intense one uh, over the years. You can go all the way back to 1975 when the Islanders were down three games to none in the playoff series against the Penguins uh, in the quarterfinal round, came back and won that series in seven games, becoming only the second team in NHL history and the first team since 1942 to pull off that feat. And then there have been so many memorable playoff moments both ways in this series between the Islanders and the Penguins. So uh, a familiar foe coming into Brooklyn, and uh, we're going to break it down and preview this game in just a moment. 
So the Islanders facing a very familiar foe in the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right now, Penguins coming in with an 8-6-1 record, 17 points in 15 games. That going up against the Islanders, who have played one fewer game. They are 11-3-0 on the season. Right now, five points ahead of the Penguins with a game in hand. No surprise right now who the Penguins' leading scorer is, in points anyway. Sidney Crosby, a very familiar foe for the Islanders. He has five goals and 12 assists for 17 points in five games. Jake Gunsel, a little bit of a surprise. He has 13 points in 15 games, including a team-leading seven goals right now for Pittsburgh. So he's a player that the Islanders are certainly going to have to be aware of as they face the Penguins on Thursday night. The Penguins are dealing with some injuries, including some important ones. Patrick Hornqvist is out, and now defenseman Chris Letang was banged up in the Penguins' last game. He's played in all 15 contests for Pittsburgh so far this year, but Letang, uh, a big loss. He is sort of the engine that makes the Penguins' power play go. He is the point guard, so to speak, of that Penguins' power play. He's also uh, second on the team with eight assists, third on the team with 12 points. He's got a plus-five rating, and not having Latang in the lineup, and Hornquist, who is, you know, five goals, 10 points in 14 games, that's two big losses that Pittsburgh is going to have to overcome. Now, they have brought up Sam Lafferty. Uh, they brought him back up. He's played in 10 games. He has three goals and six points. Goaltending right now, Matt Murray getting the bulk of the work for the Penguins. In 12 games, he is seven wins, three losses, has one shutout, and is sporting a 2.36 goals against average and a 9.17 save percentage. Meanwhile, the Islanders certain to counter with Simeon Varlamov. Varlamov, of course, earned a shutout in his last outing, a 1-0 win over the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday. So the Islanders, keeping almost certainly with the goaltending rotation, alternating Grice and Varlamov. And, and again, this has been working for the Islanders, and it seems to give both goaltenders the right amount of rest and the right amount of time to, you know, they, they rest just enough to stay sharp, and yet they uh, they know that they're going to get their uh, their their chance. It's not like, oh my gosh, if I have a bad game, they're going to go to the other guy. And, you know, they get enough rest, but they still stay sharp and mentally they are prepared. So, so far, the uh, entire goaltender rotation has been a net positive for the New York Islanders this season. And again, Varlamov will almost certainly get the start against Pittsburgh. One line that the uh, Islanders will have to look out for in this game is sort of their sandpaper line that the Penguins have put together. It's it's a group of young players, but they seem to be playing very well together. Teddy Bluger uh, is the head of that line, and then he gets wingers Brandon Tanev and Zach Aston Reese. And those three, you know, again, they're going to score, you know, 10, 15 goals each. But they're gritty, and and it's sort of the Penguins' answer to the uh, Sezikis and and Clutterbuck line that uh, the Islanders put out there. 
and you know we're going to see some some grit and some hitting in this game. I, I think the Penguins, like I said, will come out determined. And then, you know, you got two teams that will play some physical hockey. There's a certain amount of bad blood between these teams. And at the end of the day, uh, I, I think we're going to actually, you know, there aren't a lot of fights left in hockey in 2019, but I think we might see one or at least something close to one where, you know, maybe we get matching roughing penalties at some point in this game. And these, you know, gritty, sandpaper kind of third-line players may determine the momentum uh, when push comes to shove in this game. Now, Sidney Crosby, as any Islander fan can tell you, a favorite of Islander fans uh, and also someone who has been over the course of his career a thorn in the side of the New York Islanders. He has played exceptionally well over the years against the Islanders, and it really becomes a question of finding a way to slow him down. And I know Barry Trotz will figure out a way to get his team going and 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 find a way to try to make sure that Crosby doesn't have too much room. One key in this game for the Islanders is realistically going to be, you know, Right now, the Penguins' power play is struggling. They are ranked 23rd in the league. Uh, They have, you know, struggled on the power play, and that's a little bit of a surprise considering that the talent that they can put out there. uh, But, you know, you don't want to let a guy like Crosby have any extra room on the power play. So that penalty kill for the Islanders that we talked about that's been so good, uh, you know, they're going to have to come up big uh, against Sidney Crosby. And, and Crosby, it's surprising, only three of his 17 points so far have come with the man advantage. Justin Schultz has three uh, power play assists. And again, Jake Gunsel leads the team right now with only two power play goals. So uh, the Penguins' power play has been struggling. What hasn't been struggling, however, is their penalty kill. They are at 86.5% efficiency, and that places them sixth in the league. The Islanders' penalty kill, as we mentioned, has been exceptionally good, especially during this winning streak when, uh, again, 29 out of 30 successful penalty kills. But uh, now it becomes a question of... uh, you know, keeping the Penguins' power play from doing some damage, and then the Islanders' power play, which, uh, you know, has not been outstanding, as we mentioned, uh, you know, but played well against Ottawa. It's time for them to step up. Islanders 20.8% on the power play so far. Uh, That places them in the middle of the league, kind of a little bit above the middle, with 12th in the league in power play percentage. The penalty kill ranked 10th, but again, 29 out of their last 30, and that's always a good sign for the New York Islanders. It's going to come down to power play situations, I think, and it's going to come down to goaltending. Both teams with some very strong goalies, and the question is going to be if Varlamov is equal to the task. I think he will be, and the Islanders are going to go for their 11th straight victory at the Barclays Center. They are 1-0 at the Barclays Center right now. Their next game after tonight will be Saturday afternoon, a 1 o'clock matinee at the Barclays Center, and uh, that one will be against the Florida Panthers. 
That's going to do it for us here today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a thorough analysis of the Islanders game against the Penguins and a full preview of Saturday afternoon's game against a revamped and revised Florida Panthers team. Should be a very entertaining game tonight. Looking forward to it. And boy, if the Islanders could extend their winning streak to 11 games, that would be quite a feat. I'm Gil Martin, your host. Thanks for joining us today on the Locked On Podcast Network for Locked On Islanders. We'll be back with more Great Islanders coverage tomorrow and every weekday right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.